0: is an indictment on the system that the, the men are this good and the women are down here they have to be investing and they are investing resources and money in it but it's got to be smart as well they've got to be seeing this as as a major major issue subscribe to the rugby stream on the otb sports app now otb am with gillette labs get the ultimate shave or your money back neon night edition available now
1: ronan Agarra, good morning to you good
2: morning appreciate it. how are you doing very good, how are you?
1: Good. Where are you at this point of your week? Gloucester, obviously, at the Stade-Marcel de Flandre tomorrow evening. Uh, Heineken Cup round of 16. Where are you at in terms of planning now? Is it, uh, you know, the turnaround from last weekend? Everything done and dusted? Signed and sealed and we're ready to go? Or Yeah, where are you at?
2: Never like that. Never never really like that. Um, so, yes, there will be kind of the big hit out of the week where you try and go at high intensity for... Um, a 20-minute period or 25-minute period, and then um, review that, I suppose, this morning uh, as as a coach and then present those findings to the players all around. We'll train as close as possible to kick-off time um, tonight uh, for a final little um, jog through, captain's run, we call it, you know. So um, you do that 24 hours before kick-off, um, in potentially a similar conditions, you can create for your team. Uh, so hopefully tomorrow you transfer what you've been working on um, throughout the week. Um, yeah, a lot of energy during the week. A big result last weekend in the top fourteen give boys confidence, but it's always a fine line between uh, getting your prep done and. Um, I wouldn't say respecting the opposition, but uh, we were probably had that fear factor against Bordeaux, so we were on edge. And uh, it's a big derby game, forty-two thousand people, fantastic soccer stadium. Ireland, I think, play Romania there. First game of rugby World Cup. Uh, surface needs to be improved a little bit. It's a soccer surface where couldn't take the scrums. And um, so, uh, but a beautiful stadium, uh, great surface, um, fast game. So. Um, from that point of view, uh you know you're not boxed off, and well, I wish I could go drink coffee for for the rest of the day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you've got good, you've got good coffee there, Roger Connoisseur, the, yeah. At the very least,
2: yeah, it is a great topic, though. As you say, I think um, especially in coaching, I think any, if you ask any of the coaches, it's their number one. It will be high in the priority list of what gets them through a week, a day. Whatever it is, it's eight fifty-five. I've already had two flat whites. I've had nothing to eat. But by the time three o'clock comes, it'll be hitting eight to ten. You know.
0: Would Would you find Ronan um, so that when you've all the prep done and not, clearly the coffee helps in doing that, but you can almost relax at that point? Like, would you sleep? Would you sleep better the night before a match now or or when you were a player?
2: That's um, oh, it's very, very different. Mm. I think. I don't think. Uh, when you're a player, you understand the levels of tiredness that a coach can feel. You know, it's very, very different. Sleep is a huge factor as a player and very important. You get your rest right. You get your recovery right. As a coach, it's over. You're finished. You know that. I mean, I'm not playing here. So mentally, you have to be very sharp, obviously. But uh, there are days there literally when uh, by the time you kind of put your head in the pillow, you're gone. mm while other times there, you know, what I mean, it takes a while to get to sleep because the mind is very active. But there's been some days, especially Sunday, Mondays, you're you're shattered. You just need to go to bed and can't wait for the next day. And hopefully, you're feeling better than you did when you went to bed. And mm.
1: um, just on on the game this weekend. So, um, and I was just interested in your point about the fear factor against Bordeaux. So, like for people who aren't uh, familiar with it, Gloucester squeezed in as the final team in Poule uh, with a final round win over. Um, was it Bordeaux at that time? The final round win. Yeah. It, it was a Bordeaux, yeah. yeah. And the, in the Premiership, it doesn't make pretty reading there. They've um, um, a big, a big job of work to do to to try and steer clear the relegation places there as well. It, I was reading some of the quotes with Jonathan Dante during the week. Just on on your point there about the fear factor, it seems like you've put a big focus on ensuring that that creep of well we should win this doesn't become a factor on the day for the players.
2: Yeah, because we've already seen it three times. So, Adrian, you don't need any more proofs than that. You know, we got smashed by Poe at home. We got beaten by Bordeaux at home. We got beaten by Lyon at home. So, if you were in an interesting study, I would think, in the fact of where they're coming from. And, uh, I mean, there's obviously no talk in those weeks that, that opposition uh, will get what they want, and they flamed, yet they did and We're in that territory now where one game beating us can save a team season. So... That's very attractive from our point of view because we know we've got a big target on our heads, but that that changes when you're European champions. So uh, we got to accept that, we got to embrace that, we got to love that, and um, and we're ready for that. Uh, what's been good in the last few weeks is the fact that uh, we've assumed that status and we're ready to fight on two fronts. And you got to remember that this started last August, so. From August to March, there's been a lot of hard yards. and Now we need to uh, enjoy this territory, enjoy this opportunity and show we're capable of playing.
1: I presume that um, in terms of that, that complacency bit, I presume that like the ideal scenario for you is that some of your senior players stand up in the room and go, listen... We need to be on our toes this week. You look at the quality players that are there: Ludlow, Morgan, Harris, Twelve Trees, uh, Reece Sam, at Johnny May. There's like a quality there. You're looking for some of your players, I presume, to stand up and drive that culture. Is that how it manifests itself? Yeah.
2: Well, yes and no. You know, you you've got a poor culture if you're looking for your players to get up and speak about complacency. That that doesn't exist. You know, I think that's what separates. So I, I suppose the internally motivated players are self-driven players to other players that need motivation or inspiration from a coach and that's not a weakness on their behalf but it's just uh, we go again every week and that's where uh, good players become great players their capacity to start again at zero and prep, prepare very well and get their performance but at the same time they're not robots and they have emotions and they have family and they've Uh, external issues sometimes and that's why they're never always on but you're hoping that you mean 15 16 you're 23 are on and that's good enough to carry you over the line from from uh, week to week because the challenge every week is very different the opposition is very different but uh, that stuff about culture and behavior is isn't fixed by talking it's fixed by acts and consistent behaviors and that's uh, where we're getting better at and why it's becoming very enjoyable to be part of this I suppose set up
1: what are they can I ask your honour
2: the behaviours yeah well I think we measure ourselves on our values our values are established by not the club but by the players the club would have their own values the players would have and the team would have their values and we measure ourselves with them and I think it didn't really come down to to rugby against Bordeaux it came, it came down to measuring up against those values that, you know I mean, I'm not going to obviously give you them uh, what we measure ourselves with, but it's very understandable for people to understand what I am talking about. So we just have a look to see, do our behaviours measure up to our acts on the pitch? And they did last weekend, but they didn't in Poe at home. They didn't in Lyon at home. They didn't at Bordeaux at home. So, you could add Gloucester to that list and it wouldn't be a surprise uh, to me if they are added to that list. If we don't get our preparation or our transfer on the pitch right, it's very very easy. But uh, when you're looking at that from a coach's point of view, you you have to be on alert. But also know that if we do this, this and this correct, we have a great chance of performing well. That's
0: fascinating. When you talk about the psychology, and 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 you forget that they're they're professional sports people, but they're human human beings with with emotions as well, and that word complacency, as you, as you say, like when you come off the back of a thirty point win away from home, you know, people looking from the outside in are like, well, there has to be complacency there now because yeah, I love, such I love a big that wound, but-
2: psychological battle. I love that understanding of what goes on in the mind. I just think <laughs> that all the players have brilliant physical attributes sorry not brilliant but uh, to a certain level but then the great unknown is the, is the mental battle and that's what separates all the teams the capacity to not break first sometimes to not even uh, seek something else it's to not break first and what does not break mentally first would be i think explained very differently by a lot of different coaches but uh it's just the body will go where the mind is telling it but if the mind doesn't want to go you're going to break or someone's going to break and that's Mm -hmm. the weakness where you get a soft shoulder you come up with an ill-disciplined play you, you force the referee's hand in terms of holding on it's either three points or kick to the corner pressure for the opposition there's all these mini moments throughout the game but a lot of people focus on the end of the game while let's start quick, let's start fast, let's set our tempo. And um, that's why um, with 23 people starting, sorry, included in the game, they all see it very, very differently. And when you speak different languages and you come from all different corners of the world, it becomes very, very exciting because there isn't enough time for discussions and uh, there isn't enough time um, to hear everyone, but you want... Those discussions to happen because that means that the players are able to be themselves. If players are able to be themselves, they can express themselves. If you're trying a player to play in a setup that he's not at ease with, you're not gonna get the best out of him.
0: And those external factors that you mentioned, that that's something that, that isn't considered by by media or by fans. A lot of the time like you forget that, as you say, these players sometimes are, you know, maybe they're having a, a week of bad sleep. There's stuff going on at home. They're stressed about something else that we don't know about. So, like a lot of it, I guess for you is man management. It's 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 being aware of those things. And we, a lot of a lot of people talk about Alex Ferguson and how he he was a manager as opposed to a coach. Left the coaching to other people. But but that dealing with human beings is is such a, a crucial part of the job and knowing what's going on behind the scenes.
2: Yeah, exactly. And there is always. Yeah, I mean, because there's whatever, 70 people between players and staff, there's always external factors and some of them are quite serious, but what the experienced players or senior players are, uh, people they're able to park. Some people aren't able to park the external issues, other people are. Some people find that it just eats away at them and it gets them and swallows them up and once you've had those discussions with them, you can completely understand and there's a reason. It's where... The player may not have that confidence to approach you or a member of staff to tell them exactly what the story is. Uh, and it's probably very apt in terms of how it's applied to the general public in terms of mental health. A problem shared is a problem halved. We need to open up. We need to discuss. We need to chat. We need to tell me and we can help. And it applies to me as well when I'm having down periods. you gotta, you got to share these and you got to let people know because if you bottle it up, you're either going to explode or do something that will cause uh, hurt to you or your players. And that, and that's what we want to completely avoid in high-pressure environments.
1: You mentioned uh, Ulton Delan in your piece in the examiner this morning, and you're confirming that he's going to start tomorrow. Will you talk to us a little bit about the journey that he's been on? He's cooking by all accounts.
2: Yeah, he's, he's uh, f- found his, his mojo, he's found his stride, He had a big game last weekend and uh, it's a perfect example of what's involved in a player leaving an environment he was thriving in that went to probably a stale end in Connacht and then uh, transferred over to France, doesn't know anyone, uh, can speak the language very well, new set up, period of introduction and then uh, that takes time and I think um, there was probably periods at the start where I was going, uh, yeah, Ulti in a Connacht jersey and an Irish jersey isn't measuring up to, to what I I saw in the past, but now, uh, bingo, the last month, yes, this is what I like, this is what really uh, appeals to me, and um, there was never any stress between the, the me or Ulti, there was only small discussions but uh, it's a good learning for me too and the fact that that's what happens when I suppose a guy transfers from a different European country to another country it takes time to to find his straps to get in with the boys and uh, find what works for him now the final stage is just getting those performances and and that's the level where we're at and then I'm pretty confident with uh, I suppose the fitness he has he can go to another level as well
1: I was watching a uh, replay of the Raymond Rule try from last weekend um where you run the ball from behind your own goal line and uh length of the pitch and and over it goes what um
2: uh, you you're you're after a few whiskeys are you what game were you watching?
1: was it or oh, maybe it was maybe it was from a couple of weeks prior it was actually a preview <laughs> of the game that included a clip from a few weeks prior in fact now that you it, you're absolutely right of course uh, you yeah, might absolutely. know all these things was, gotta, it early, Adrian. was it against That's rassing was it against rassing okay I need to get more coffees in. Sorry, what abuse are you giving me there? I'll shut up. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, need, yeah, I need to. I need to have a word with my line manager season, about. That's um, even
2: last season, I think.
1: Was it even last even season? season? Well, it's yeah. it's it's ruined my question in that case. But I'll ask you anyway. Um, it, there was so much chat last year about the nothing more nothing worse than a belligerent interviewer, as we know. Um, uh, the KBA is what I wanted to ask you about. To keep all yeah. alive. Um, um, philosophy is that still we've we got so much airtime a couple of years ago and it you know it seemed to sort of disappear off the radar at some point is that still a thing that you speak about or an, an approach that you have
2: uh, of course yeah but that's um, one of many different philosophies in the moment in the fact that all that means is that's that's uh, Crusader speak is just keep, keep ball alive and LQB is lightning quick ball that's Becoming a little bit uh, more and in in, uh, in mode at the minute as well. So these are all buzzwords that happen, but like um, there are many teams or players doing KBA, but unfortunately they're keeping the ball alive by offloading to the opposition, which completely is the opposite of what you want. You know, so uh, what? Obviously, if you fall to ground and you create a rock. Uh, everyone's talking about the speed of the ruck ball but to avoid rucks you don't play off the ground you keep the ball alive so there are no rucks so it's obviously faster than a ruck so that beats the speed of I suppose so many of the data analysts out there who are in, in, engrossed in this ruck speed but uh, what the French are very good at is that they they don't uh, at times and it was a always the key point of Axel when we played um, French teams is just make them rock and make them rock. They don't like rocking. Uh so that's where uh it's fascinating for us. We're trying to combine the the DNA of the French teams where they play out of the tackle to uh something Joe Smith was brilliant at coaching the rock and and uh Ryan obviously played under him so he has a lot of good nuggets and that, so we're trying to marry the two of them at club level and see what it brings us. Uh,
0: Jules Favre is your your number 10 runner. I know he's another name you mentioned in your examiner column. Um this morning, but... No, no, he's
2: our number...
0: Or oh, sorry, but he kicked 17 12, points. Of course, 11, yes We only drew our prep a bit better <laughs> Well, funny, one. we were talking about <laughs> squad numbers this morning, the importance of squad numbers as well, funny, ironically enough, on the show this morning. But uh like, kicked 17 points last weekend, and I think it's his... You mentioned his 100th start for, for La Rochelle this weekend coming. Like, do you find yourself levitating towards the likes of Jules Favre in the squad because of... Because he's a kicker, or, or it's, it's like asking, who's your favourite child? You know, you don't... You don't
2: oh, say Oh, no, it wasn't that. It's was just, a, this is a guy who has worked extremely hard. And it's a great example, I think, for, for younger kids. And the fact, too, that this guy isn't a natural goal kicker, but mm. he's he's practice, practice, practice. And then, you know I mean, it, it, for me, it, it's reassuring that you can put a fellow like Astoy on, on holidays and, and call on Jules Favre to to goal kick uh, and he kicked whatever they were reasonably easy kicks, but no kick is easy when it's your first time kicking really in that in front of 42,000 people. Uh, What gives me a lot of pleasure in the fact coaching this guy is to watching a guy progress in front of you and being open to learning and open to getting better. Uh, But having that great uh, smile when he comes in every day and in good form and a pleasure to be around that's that's uh why I like working with these guys he um he works hard at his game and he's getting the return for it he's twenty four i think and he's hundred games for for stavochelet which is great.
1: Uh, Felix Jones obviously um, announced during the week Ronan that he's off to the England backroom staff at the end of the World Cup um, a guy that you obviously shared a dressing room with for three or four years at Munster I remember at that time even before he had forced to retire injur- injured the chat around his leadership qualities at that stage and he's got some bloody CV at a very young age now
2: Yeah yeah it's it's um not a surprise obviously Felix is a, an insane competitor loves it Loves talking rugby. Loves getting the best out of people he works with. Uh, everywhere he's gone, he creates great connections with the people he works with. So I think the connection would be Alad Walters, who was the strength and conditioning coach in Munster, who went on to uh, obviously design the model for the war, for South Africa to win the World Cup. Then he goes to Leicester, so he'd have Dean and Felix. So uh, Alid said, "I presume get this guy and." Now Felix is poached to work with England, which is a, a fantastic opportunity for him. I think his family is in Limerick, maybe still. Um, so it's obviously closer to home for him, but um keeps him at the top end of the game.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm sure hopefully you might see him back here at some point as well down the track Final one for me Ronan there was a, a lovely video that um, a lot of people will have seen uh, this morning from, from that came out of the game last weekend it was yourself and the, the ball boy during the match uh, caught on camera kind of, of tack- teaching, technique. Yeah, a bit of, ta- of tackling and technique and, and you kind of picked he um, stood up and you, you could see the look in the kid's eyes he's absolutely buzzing that he's getting a, a one-on-one from yourself that, that was a lovely moment it's something that, that probably he'll remember forever Yeah
2: it's, you know if you, when you're there you don't obviously I've seen the image and it's pretty close up of the discussion which is uh, he was uh, we the chap prior to that he had beaten my son in the in the under 13s when Bordeaux beat La Rochelle and uh, so he was he was having a joke with me about that and then he was uh, obviously a big fan of Jalibert, who was a brilliant player for Bordeaux and uh uh, I just said the big t- challenge for Johnny Bear at test level was to just he's got to keep making his tackles. And I said, "Are you are you a good tackler?" And he said, "Yeah, I'm a brilliant tackler." And I said, "Brilliant, <laughs> come on, show me." Uh, so it, it was because uh, you know he uh, he was um, a lovely little kid, great uh, great chat throughout the game, with him. and you forget that that's a, because my boys do it in. in in La Rochelle you know and it doesn't cost anything just to say how's your evening going or whatever you know but then the chat just happened naturally with him we got chatting about all things and big fan of Jelly Bear as I said and, uh, he is an exceptional player a brilliant player and um, I was just saying to him that uh, yeah you got to be Jelly Bear you got to be like Jelly Bear and you got to keep going Jelly Bear's got to keep kind of practicing those tackles and same for you and uh it was, um he was talking about um, just that he didn't miss any tackles in his under 13 game against La Rochelle.
1: <laughs> Com technique was a bit high to begin with, and you had to say to him, Listen, get low. No, no, it
2: was just because <laughs> that's the thing, too. You know, don't if you get the hip bone, it's, it's a knockout. And right. one of our core players, Matthias Haddad, had uh, a bad KO in the game. Uh, because he put his head the wrong side of the tackle, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think I was a little bit spooked by that, so it was just making sure that you get flesh between the knee and the uh, uh, and the arse. But you, the closer you go to the to the the hip, there's the guys with a few hard hip bones.
1: Yeah. Gary Ringros of course, from a few weeks ago as well. Uh, enjoy the flat whites today good luck tomorrow catch up with you down the yeah,
2: track
0: OCB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now